All right, folks, we're back. The first look back of the 2022 NFL season. And it, w it went very, very well, I'll tell you that. For the Eagles and a lot of crazy mess, we have a lot to discuss in 60 minutes. As you know, Matt is here like he always is, but you heard him in the, po in the postseason and now he's on every Wednesday moving forward for the for this entire NFL season. Welcome Kwame to our to our program. Thank you, thank you. It's all good. Ready to go here. But anyway, like I said, the Eagles, we'll start with them. It was a successful game on Sunday. Like I said, they had a great game. Uh, they ran the ball as great as they did, over 230 rushing yards. Four players, including Booby Miles, scored a touchdown. And A.J. Brown, 150 yards receiving. He raised hell. And he's and he proven that trade that we can thank the Lions for anyway because we could have gotten somebody else but ended up getting them in a trade and it worked out. But even though there's great there's great success, there is some concerns. Defensively, we did do well. We got pick six. But at the end, Detroit nearly made this a game again and almost could have pulled this off. So your thought, y'all two thoughts on this game before I get my thoughts. So go right ahead. All right, I'll go. Um, so yeah, um, quick thing before I get into this game, though, um, it does lead into the Eagles, though. Um, you know, there's a lot of fans and media out there nowadays that say the preseason means nothing and it's a waste of time. And there's coaches out there that say the same thing, and they don't play their players at all. But you know, if you look at these teams that rest their starters all preseason, don't let them play. A lot of, almost all of them, look terrible. Week one, you know, we saw it with Green Bay last year; they got crushed. This year, once again, they got crushed by Minnesota, who consequently actually didn't play their starters either. But still, Green Bay comes out every year and looks terrible. Um, the Rams rested all their starters. Bills made them play like a regular preseason. Guess what happens? Bills crushed the Rams. You know, the Niners rested all their starters. They, they lose to Chicago. You know, Arizona, they rest all their starters. Go up against KC, Andy Reid, old school. You know, he uh, plays, makes up even Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey are out there playing regular time out in the preseason. Guess what happens? Arizona gets blown out. And then our Eagles, you know, we got to see one series from each side on offense and defense, which was basically nothing. And, uh, you know, it was a good game. They won. There were some players that looked good, but at the same time, they beat Detroit. And if, if they were going up against any real team, if they were going up against a, a team like Buffalo, they would have gotten crushed, you know? I mean, they come out right off the bat. They let up a touchdown opening series. They look, they, that defense looked terrible, that series. Um, then the offense gets the ball, does nothing. You know, and then they started to turn it around, but um, nonetheless, they were sloppy penalties, poor coaching, poor play calling. Um, the defense looked bad for pretty much the whole game. Um, offensive line was out of sync. You know, luckily we have Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown and Miles Sanders because they saved the day. But uh, it, it wasn't a great game when you consider all the issues that they had and 
Detroit is the team that they were playing. I mean, again, man, if they played any real team, they would have gotten destroyed. So they escaped with a victory, but I, I honestly put this game more so on the coaching staff than the players because, like I said, the play calling was terrible. There were no adjustments. Um, Jonathan Gannon, for what everyone has said about him over these last two years, that he's supposed to be so intelligent and, and this up-and-coming guy. You know, this was the exact same defense we saw last year. Barely any blitzing, um, just completely uh, passive defense. And it showed, you know. So, um, basically, Detroit came out and punched us in the mouth, and we didn't know how to react. And uh, luckily, we were just the better team. But you can't rely on talent every all year. So, they need to turn that around quick. Yeah, um, a great analysis on the pregame uh, activities from different teams there. Um, now, it's ironic because for me, I'm, I don't pay the preseason any attention, so I can almost go without one, even though I fully understand what you're saying and that it's helpful in just getting players back to hitting again um, and at the same token you got some people who lost uh, a couple players in the preseason and they was fearful of that happening um, the Eagles did make it through the preseason unscathed just they barely played anyone and so that's the plus and I'm glad that we still pulled it off this victory so I'll look at game one now that we have 17 games that's the part that I don't like I'd rather I still like having go with sixteen or at least an even number. Um so to me this is a still preseason. Um and now next week we start to get into it. So the Eagles survive and Jalen uh, uh even though was, his complete percentage was just on the low side, also from throwing away jump passes because of uh, uh getting out of trouble and just didn't want to take the sack. Oh, 18 for 32. That's you know, okay. Um, and 243 yards, not bad. But some of the passes he threw were nice. And with AJ helping him out, they both look good together. I'm liking that combination. Uh, it actually reminded me of the days of T.O. on his birthday. He played with us. I wish I pulled up his numbers, but it was something like that. Similar. His first game, T.O. played with us back in the day. So... Uh, I'm looking forward to this, and once we start to get all the receivers in play, and ooh, this is gonna be some team. And I'm not one to, I'm not one to gamble. But while I was in Vegas, um, as this, uh, well, I sit near the MGM thing because I'm in the MGM hotel, and one of the uh, uh, the, the cuties that worked there stepped came to me to uh, ask me if I wanted any help. I wasn't even trying to sign up. But, well, you know, she was cute. So kind of, I talked, well, I was talking to her, and next thing you know, I'm signing up. So I got 25 bucks on the Eagles, winning the whole thing. At the old 25 to 1 odds, which has already dropped 14 to 1 after they beat the Lions Sunday, which has been insane. The odds did not fall that far after beating the Lions. So I'm already in on a 25 to 1. So I got a group of the boys to keep on doing what they're doing. And I need our D coordinator Gannon to step up this game. I'm gonna. I'm, I'm not going to get too hard on him on game one, 
because, like you said, there wasn't much preseason. I'm going to try to ease that. But there's one startling stat that he better have heard, as I heard it, that the plays where they didn't have um, our new uh, uh, drafted tackle, whose name I keep forgetting, um, we're in the game of Dave Jackson. The plays where he was in, Lions ran average of 2.9 yards of carry. The plays where he wasn't in, 10. 2.9 to 10 is unbelievable. That was a 2.9 to 4.9. said, okay, maybe he was only in on running downs and not in on the passing downs. But 2.9 to 10 is drastic. That either tells me he was either doing a hell of a job stopping the run and or the Lions recognized that he was doing a hell of a job when he saw that he wasn't on the field, they decided to run the ball. And I'm sure that one long run was probably part of the 10-yard average. So I'm hoping that he gets some more playing time as we keep growing. Maybe he just kept him off because he was a rookie and you know, they didn't want to wear him out. Okay, maybe that's the case. But I want to see more of him. I was actually looking for him during that game. And I'm never looking for the D tackle that, that badly. So I was like, where's the big one at? So uh, I hope he learns from that. He improves, and I think they're going to be better. I'm feeling real good about Monday night. Well, like I said, you know, it's funny, since Matt brought it up, I was going to say that anyway, should we be concerned about the defense? And to the to a degree, yes and no. I mean, yes. It, w- it was kind of hard to, to, to figure out that, of course, they were prepared. Obviously, you got to give Dan Campbell a lot, you know, compared to last Halloween when these two teams met. He was not prepared for what he was was about to see. This year, he was. And obviously, Jared Goff, he played a decent game. And obviously, they, you know, now th- now you have to remind, and Quan made these to probably, he may he better think about this. Not one, but two running backs are from Philly. And one is directly from Willow Grove that's on the Detroit Lions named Craig Reynolds. I don't know if you know that name, but he's from, from this area. He went to Abington. So, Craig Reynolds is a Detroit Lion, and he's from this area. He we were his number forty six, and he's from this area. Okay, you might we might both of us might know who this guy is. We might know him as a kid. Who knows? But but Craig Reynolds is a is a guy from this area that plays for the Detroit Lions today in the NFL. No no joke. And DeAndre Swift's a Philly guy, so he grew up in Mount Airy. So. Yeah, they have two running backs from this area. But anyway, like I said, he had a good game, DeAndre Swift, and and obviously they, you know, the you know I'm not worried about Detroit's defense. They're they're pretty garbage anyway. But it's just, but you know, just watching this game yesterday. I mean, on Sunday, you know, it's like I said, the preseason is kind of is kind of a dull moment since they take it, it reduced it to three games. There's no more. There's no more dress rehearsal. So everybody goes into week one with only maybe 5% preseason snaps. So, of course, everybody's going to be rusty a little bit. 
some worse than others. But the Eagles were, like I said, the Eagles were playing the Lions, not the Bills. So, of course, they can get away with their with their mess. And I don't think that's going to be the case moving forward. I think they'll be prepared for the Vikings and for everybody else moving forward. But, you know, Jonathan Gannon, this is a, there's a lot of pressure on him this year. This is the most talented defense in 20 years. And, like I said, like you said, Kwame, uh, Jordan Davis had a great had a great debut. He stopped the run, basically. But without him, the, they ran all over us. And they had almost 200 yards rushing. So, like I said, Detroit, I can't worry about them now. They're behind us. We won. Like I said, A.J. Brown's had a great game, had a great debut. And that's obviously very important. He, though he didn't get a touchdown, hopefully he doesn't become Booby Miles where he does all the hard work but can't get into the end zone. Hopefully that won't be the case. But... But when you look at it, I mean, I'm not really real worried, you know, because this NFC is pretty weak. If you really look at it, the Eagles scored the most points in the conference yesterday. I mean, I keep bringing up yesterday. It's Wednesday. It's Sunday. They scored 38 points. Nobody else in the NFC scored more. So that's a good sign. That's a very, very, very good sign. And, I mean, we'll see what happens here as as we go on. But I think... you know, of course, it's going to be a shaky start, but a lot of teams that were in a shaky start, and there was a lot of teams that couldn't recover from a shaky start. Look at guys like Joe Burrow. Look at look at the 49ers in the second half of that game. I mean, there's a lot of rusty teams, and some are some will recover, and some may not recover. But like I said, it's going to be one of those seasons where everybody's you know it's going to be competitive. I mean, we're, we hell. We saw a tie on, for God's sakes, and we're only and we're only a week into the season. So I mean, it's going to be crazy this year. But overall, I'll give the Eagles a B minus for their performance. It can be better, and hopefully, it will be better this Monday night. Yeah, well, this Monday is the the big game, and it's it's the real test here because Minnesota, maybe they're not the the best team in the NFC, but they're a good team and they can put up points. Um, so this is the real test for Gannon, you know, and I don't want to jump to conclusions here about after one week, but, uh, you know, defensive side of the ball was pretty concerning, man. I mean, I got to tell you, we, like I said, we, we didn't see any real growth from Jonathan Gannon from year one to year two as a play caller, as, as far as I'm concerned. He, um, Kwame pointed out the stat, the Jordan Davis stat. I mean, that's on coaching, man. I mean, we have – three defensive tackles here that can actually stop their run in Jordan Davis, um, Milton Williams, and Marlon Tuikolotu. Um, you look at, uh, you look at, uh, um, Javon Hargrave last year. He graded super high as a pass rusher, but as a run stopper, he was terrible. He can't stop the run, you know? He shouldn't be out there in, in running situations. Um, Fletcher Cox looks toast. I mean, you gotta, he should be the one that's playing 30% of the snaps at this point. And hopefully he can maximize those 30%. He can maximize his effort because he, he looks terrible. So, I mean, they really should, if, if the coaching, if Jonathan Gannon knows what he's doing, he should have a rotation here where, you know, those three that I just named, Jake Davis, Williams, and Tupelotu, they should be out there in rushing, rushing situations. Then passing situations, that's where you rotate in hard grades. And uh, and uh, Cox and 
you know, it's the same thing. You know, we bring in this high-priced uh, pass rusher in Hassan Reddick, and he's playing linebacker in, in nickel formations, dropping back into coverage, you know? I mean, I mean, what are we doing here? Does this guy know how to even use players? Does he know what his, his players' strengths are, you know? Um, offensive side of the ball, I'm not concerned with really anything. Um, the offensive line didn't look great. They were under intense blitzing pressure. Um, but when you look at the players on the offensive, the offensive side of the ball, Hurts played a great game as far as I'm concerned. Um, Miles Sanders made some big plays. A.J. Brown was awesome. Dallas Goddard was uh, decent. You know, he, he wasn't super involved, but four receptions. He had a, he had a solid game. Um, Devontae Smith will get his. You know, he got shut out. But, you know, he'll get his days where he gets a lot of targets himself. Um the only thing on the offensive side of the ball I'm concerned with there is coaching as well. Um, I just don't think the play designs from uh, Nick Sirianni and Steichen were all that great. They don't really have any um, hot leads here for um, Jalen Hurts to make. You know, And when teams are bringing that type of heat, your, your quarterback should, should have a, a, a hot route that he can dump the ball off too quick. You know, they should be throwing some screen passes. Let that let that pressure come in and let the running back get behind those linebackers and make some plays. Um, they don't do any of that. And, uh, you know, if you – you know what, I'll, I'll uh, give you a little plug here. You know, if you guys – if you go on YouTube and look up a channel called the QB School, it's by a former NFL quarterback, J.T. O'Sullivan. Um, he does a great job of breaking down quarterbacks' performances. And uh, go look at his breakdown of Jalen Hurts this week, you know. He'll tell you the same. He says the same exact thing. So check it out. He does a great job. It's not biased. Break. Yeah. It's, it's not biased. It's not like you're listening to WIP where all these guys are just yelling and screaming and, uh, you know, giving their whole uh, everything, their, uh, changing everything to their own side, whatever, however they see things. And, uh, you know, just an unbiased breakdown, and he says, you know, same thing. Jalen Hurts really did a good, a great okay. job. There's a couple things to clean up, but uh, you need some help from the coaching staff. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I'm looking at the page now. I see he does every quarterback individually. That's, that's interesting. This guy got some time. Okay. <laughs> yeah, cool. I will check that out. Um, yeah, and I'm just going to say this one other thing real quick with the game. The one thing that's been overlooked and the most important stat in all football, turnover ratio. And the Eagles had zero turnovers. And mine's had the one that we turned into six. And there is a difference. So I got to give the Eagles credit for holding on to the ball, no interceptions, nobody fumbling. That's huge. Um, and, uh, and also, to do this, put up 38 points, or say 31 offensive points, and without Devontae Smith, whew, wait till we get him back off. He had four targets, and you know, no catches, unfortunately. But, man, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling good, and, I, I, and any W in the NFL is a good W, even if they might be a tad ugly. I'll take it. Well, like I said, I mean, one thing about it, it is surprising. They as 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 weird as that game could have been or, or were the result. They did have no turnovers, and in this league, if you 
don't have turnovers, you normally win 90% of your games anyway with no turnovers. So, like I said, I mean, it was a, it was a, I would say successful start, but obviously nothing's perfect. And of course, there's a lot to clean up here over the next, throughout this season, or at least in the first half, and at least for Jonathan Gannon, it's, it's a lot of pressure on him if this, if this defense doesn't perform the way the talent is, is built. So we'll see what happens here. But as we move along, like I said, why the Eagles, everything was on par and basically went the way we expected it. For Cowboy fans, uh, not so much. The Sunday night game was pretty bad and it was pretty sloppy. And besides Mark Parsons, which I've always said, if, if it wasn't for him, it would have not been 19-3. to It would have been 37-3. to you know, because they, they struggled in the red. They made sure Brady didn't dominate them in the red zone. So, but unfortunately, a sloppy and a, and a lazy and pathetic game by the Cowboys offense, or what's left of it, turned into trouble at the end when Dak Prescott hurt his hand and suffered a finger, a, a thumb injury, where he did get surgically repaired, and he's out for a month. Most likely, he will be out until that Sunday night matchup where we will see him again. But obviously, the way the Cowboys are, and I and I know y'all probably talk about it soon, but I'm saying here, I'm thinking the Cowboys are done. I I might be wrong; it's a long season, but I think the Cowboys just showed you that they're not going to win this division this year. They're just not going to be there for it. But the other two division teams, the Giants and the Commanders, won. They won yes on Sunday. I keep saying yesterday on Sunday. Both from behind. The Giants win is probably the most shocking win of week one. They won on the road against a playoff team, division winner last year in Titans. And the Commanders beat Jacksonville. So my question to y'all two is, if the Cowboys are really out, which one of these two teams will give the Eagles the most pressure in the NFC East? Commanders or Giants, go ahead. All right, well, I don't think the Cowboys are out. They might be against the ropes, but, you know, this time period where um, Dak's going to be out, they do play Washington and the Giants. So, you know, they got to win at least one of those games, and then he comes back probably for the Eagles game. They're going to have to beat the Eagles. Um, it's, a, it's a tough task with Cooper Rush out there, a quarterback, but it's something they could do. You know, they do have a decent defense, um, but, you know, I, I – I back before the season, I didn't even pick them to make the playoffs anyway. And I've been saying all off season that they've been the, one of the off season losers of the NFL. So, you know, I don't have a lot of hopes for them. But in terms of the other two teams, yeah, wa- um, Washington got a win. I mean, they got a win against Jacksonville. That's something, but it's not. It, it's Jacksonville. <laughs> You know, the Giants did have an impressive win at Tennessee, so that was a good win, but I don't think it's going to be sustainable for them. So to me, between those two teams, any who I think is better and more of a threat to the Eagles, it would have to be Washington. I think they have a better defense. Um, they do have some receivers. Carson Wentz had a good game, but we, we saw both sides of Carson Wentz. He also had some bad plays and almost uh, turned the game over. Um and we, we know how he is, you know. Once things start to get tough, which every NFL team at some point in the year 
has has tough spots. Um, once things start to get tough, this guy folds. So, yeah, he might be looking good after week one against a bad team, but I think he'll fall apart. But between those two teams, I would still take Washington. Okay. Um, well, one I would say about the Cowboys. Yeah, they're done. Um, and simple reason is the the sign that they were done had nothing to do with that. Matter of fact, I wish he was still on the field. I don't, I don't want him. You know, I'm more concerned about Cooper because <laughs> Zach was looking shabby Sunday night. But the sign that they're done was they brought in Jason Peters to back up the line. That offensive line is so bad that they brought an old broken down Jason Peters to be on the backup. They are toast. I'm to spend all that money on on receivers and then of course lose and watch out for the line in the last years of crumble away. They're 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 toast. They are toast and that's why your boy Jerry is so paranoid so nervous doing his own press conference or y'all would jump in the front of the press saying, uh, Dak will be right back. He'll be back in about four weeks. Like, okay. Four, six, eight, whatever. You're dying. Now, off to some real teams. Um, the commanders, Carson did re- rebound after throwing at the back intersection. <laughs> um, but that's Carson. Um, but I give him credit that he did shake that off and rebounded. And the, he's slightly better than Daniel Jones in New York. But Jones has some good numbers. 817 for 21. Not bad. Good completion percentage, 188. Not, not special. But two touchdowns, one interception. And after he threw that one interception, I don't know if you saw, but the coach got in his ass. <laughs> um, I don't know what he said to him, but you can see he was very animated for a new coach he got. And I guess he responded. Uh, but my concern about the Giants over Washington is a guy named Barkley. But that dude, now I predict he'll probably be hurt by week six. But if somehow he gets out of not getting hurt again, woo, 18 carries, 164 yards, 68 yards, long one, woo, and a two-point conversion. <laughs> I mean, the balls to call that play and the smarts to give it to him because he was running through everybody anyway, and he got stopped in the backfield and said, uh-uh, I'm scoring this sucker. And that's how they won. So right now, I'm leaning more to the Giants because I think Carson is going to do some self-destructive things. Well, like I say, y'all two have differing opinions, which is good. That's what I like about this program. It's an opinion show, and we do it well. But obviously, when I look at at the, at the NFC East, to my knowledge, I mean, yeah, Washington they kind of played a kind of a a weird game. It one at one point they were struggling. At one point they looked dominant. One point it was raining, and then the next moment it was sunny down there in Washington. So of course it was a kind of a weird day weather wise and game wise. But Carson Wentz did have a good game. Four touchdowns. Yeah, he threw two bad interceptions. But remember, this is Mister. I struggle with confidence. So. Obviously, we're going to know a lot about about Washington when we play him in two weeks, on week three. That obviously will determine a lot. When I look at the Giants, I mean, obviously, 
you know, I have to be impressed. And obviously, Saquon Barkley, who led all rushers with 164 yards this week. Like I said, yeah, the struggle is has been injuries. He's been an injury-prone back over the last couple of years. And it's obviously struggled. And it's hurt the Giants. But obviously, Brian Dable, obviously, compared to Joe Judge, has obviously, he's got balls. And he obviously is more determined to be a coach and be a very good head coach. Not saying that he's getting all the credit for Josh Allen's success in Buffalo, but obviously they did a very good job in that comeback. I didn't see a lot of that game, but I told you, I told you, Matt, about Tennessee. I think they're going to take a step back, and this is not a good look for them to to lose at home to an inferior team if the Giants are still an inferior team. And then obviously this weekend they play the Monday night. In the double header, they play in Buffalo. Good luck with that. Good luck with that, Tennessee. <laughs> but if you're telling me which team is the most dangerous, okay, the Cowboys, like I said, they could be a threat if, if this division is not very grit. But like I said, that old line was, was putrid on Sunday. I saw that game. It was putrid. Dak didn't do nothing. And it's obvious that if you're going to rely on a 41-year-old whose best days are way behind him, that's pretty sad. That's sad. That's sad. And like I said, Jerry Jones, when he talks more, the Cowboys are, are pathetic. The mo- the less he talks, they're better. But they're not this year. So besides Micah Parsons, who had a very good game and sacked Brady twice in the red zone, which is hard to do, and pretty much prevented them from scoring a lot of touchdowns, basically the Cowboys are, are, are a mess. And with Cooper rushed, you have to trust him for for the next month. You got the Bengals, a pissed off Bengals team coming in on Sunday, and then the, like I said, the Giants in Washington. Yeah, those are those are winnable games, even with Cooper Rush. But let's be honest: if if Washington and the Giants run with their momentum from this week, Cowboys could be looking at an zero and four start. They really could. So, at the end of the day, if you're telling me which team I think is the team to think about. I'll see y'all week three because we week three I'll think about it because it will tell the NFCs will play each other and I'll see a little more. I just need a little more data. But if you tell me who I was impressed with the most for this week, it's obviously the Giants because nobody expected them to win in Tennessee. So, like I said, I, I'll go with the Giants for now. But obviously, it's too early to tell. Week one, it's it doesn't tell the whole story. Well, it will tell us the story when it gets cooler. But anyway, as we move on, like I said, as we look around the rest of this league, obviously we had a lot of surprises. Like I said, there was another tie, and I have a problem with overtime rules anyway in the regular season. Why do they cut five minutes of the game? That make that that's really tells you how much it's all about strategy unless you get that one touchdown in that first possession, but nobody does that. After after 60 minutes. But then just looking at all the teams. Like I said. Baltimore had a great win. Obviously the Chargers got a good win. I mean. You know. teams A lot of teams struggle. Like you know. The, the, the Patriots obviously. They're, they're bad this year. Looks like. Uh, the Baker Bowl was embarrassing. If you're, if you're a Baker Mayfield fan. I mean that was pathetic. So. My question to y'all, to y'all two is, who? I mean, who of the contenders looked good, and who of the contenders didn't? 
All right. Well, um, if we're still, if we're stick with just contenders, um, I'll give you who looked good and who um, looked surprisingly good out of the non-contenders. Um, so out of the contenders, um, you know what? You got to give it to the Bills. They went and they, they just crushed the, the Rams on, on Thursday night. It was, it was that was a slaughter. They look like the team to beat in the NFL. So, I mean, they, they, they look like the best team this week out of anybody, if you ask me. And then um, out of, like, the second-tier teams that I thought actually looked really good that um, I was pretty impressed with, um, I do like Miami, man. You know, they got a really good D. That defense is, is tough, and they, they shut down New England for what it's worth. I mean, New England doesn't have a great offense, but they completely shut them down. Um, I'm not a huge fan of Tua, but with Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle there, those are some players that can make a quarterback look good. And uh, I don't think they're Super Bowl contenders per se, but they could make some noise in the playoffs. And then the, the actual Super Bowl contenders that look bad, I mean, this one's obvious. I mean, Denver losing to Seattle was was a joke. I mean, I, I get that Seattle wanted to beat Russell Wilson, but come on, man. Russell Wilson wanted to show up Seattle on, on Monday night, and they put up 16 points. Um, you know, I said when we talked, I think it was when we last talked, when Rob and I last talked up in PA, um, with, with, with Denver, you know, last year I had said in the preseason that if they had a quarterback, they would have been my pick to win the Super Bowl. This year they got the quarterback, but I have no faith in uh, Nate Hackett, none whatsoever, and he proved me right, man. He's a, he's a fraud. I had no clue what he's doing. And he, he's going to be the downfall of this team if, they, if and when they make the playoffs. He's, he's going to be the one that takes them down. Yeah, I mean, I I mentioned that you know you're going to talk about him because he he really he really he really screwed up on Monday night and he already admitted to screwing up. <laughs> There'll be more screw ups. Don't worry. <laughs> oh man. Um, well, I kind of agree with uh, mostly what you said there, Matt. I I think the the best. Best team that we saw this week was the Bills. And they just flew on over across the country to the World Champions House and just beat them down. And even when the halftime was 10 10, I said, Yep, the Bills got this. Because they allowed them to stay at 10 10. And once they came out the second half and cleaned up, and he did throw one more interception. But beyond that, three more touchdowns. Didn't let the Rams score a damn thing. Um, had uh, just had the Rams looking uh, out of sorts. And of course, when you bring in Von Miller on your side now, <laughs> that changes everything. I forgot he's over there. So I'm like, wait a minute. Oh well, shoot, they got no shot. And Von had a fun being in the Rams backfield uh, th- that whole game. And so I'm really impressed with the Bills. I was impressed with them last year. So I no doubt they're going to get better. Um, the other surprise, not a contender, but was the Steelers. 
and it's more because to the Bengals, what the hell? I mean, I'm watching the score, and I'm and I got the red zone, and I'm watching. But in the meantime, I'm watching the score, staying tight. Pittsburgh was up, but I'm like, what is going on in Cincinnati? And I'm already out of my survivor pool. So I picked the Cincinnati. And damn it, I'm looking at my I'm in two. <laughs> so the one that actually has a gift at the end, I'm still alive in. So I picked the Dolphins in that one. But damn, Natty, how you gonna come on normally the team that lost the Super Bowl, I know they normally don't go back to win again. But you think they win game one, they'd be a little pissed off. But anyway, so that perturbed me. And maybe the Steelers, maybe with your biscuit, you know, maybe they're gonna and uh, they won't figure out how to just not have a, a, a non-losing season again because uh, somehow that's how it always is with the Steelers. And the other surprise, or I should say the other uh, game that I was uh, a little surprised, well, not to say surprised, but the game you just talked about, the Broncos and the Seahawks, that coach, man, Golly, damn. Because um, we were bowling Monday night, so we couldn't focus in on the game. And we kept looking up and seeing the score was tight. And we saw Seahawks take a lead. I'm like, wow. So the time I got home, listened to the game, all the way home, kind of looking at it on my phone as I'm driving, I shouldn't be. And then I get in the house right at the point where they get on the third down, where they get to the fourth and five. And with a minute to go, and I'm like, okay. So, what we're going to do here? And I, I had some food with me, so I wasn't looking at the screen. Now look up, and it's 45 seconds, 44 seconds, 43 seconds. I'm like, yo, what the hell? You got all your timeouts. What are we doing? What are we doing? And uh, and I'm I'm just boggled. And apparently on the uh, the, uh, the 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 uh, the other channel, ESPN two, uh, with your boys uh, Manning, they're saying the same thing. They're like, call that out. Call that out, and so they wait, and they call the timeout just for the kick, just for the second kick of the field goal. So they weren't confused, as many people were saying. That was his plan, which is even scarier, <laughs> you know. If he was confused, that would bother me too. But his plan was to kick a sixty-four yard field goal. Are you kidding me? At, at near sea level, you're not up in Denver. And apparently this kicker does well away from Denver, which is weird. But still, 64 yards. You don't put it on him. When you got Russell Wilson, who you just paid a quarter billion dollars to. <laughs> get your five yards. Five. <laughs> and he was playing at his old down. Let him give it to him. Now, he's way too classy afterwards. I'm even looking at part of his, even his press conference, he's wearing a tuxedo. <laughs> that he wouldn't even question the coach. But you got to question the coach on that. I know he's not going to put it out in front street. I know it's his mind. He's thinking it. But that was just absolutely asinine. So we'll see if Denver can pull off anything this year with this coach uh, Hackett uh, doing hack jobs. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I have the pretty much the same thing. I mean, I don't know how I don't know how this Nick Hack is how he got a job. I mean, it's obvious that when you kiss ass in this in this league, you can you can prove yourself. But to me, I mean, 
you know, it could be Seattle was ready for the soup for this was they know they're not that good. And this was their Super Bowl. This is their moment. They're on prime time. Buck and Aikman, you know, they're going to get that great volume. You know, congrats to Buck and Aikman doing Monday nights. They they make me forgot that, you know, Fox has <laughs> they have Olsen and uh, Burkhart and that's the Super Bowl team this year. So. That's going to really suck this year. The Super Bowl game could suck if, if you know, we don't get some good teams in it. But but anyway, obviously, Seattle was prepared more than the Broncos were. And think about this. For the first time in 35 years, not once, but twice, they they fumbled the ball in the red zone in a, in a scoring situation. So it was just a terrible coaching deal all around for, for Denver. I mean... You know, like I said, I I told myself, I might have told somebody, is is this division either going to be very good or it could be very overrated? And I'm already thinking about this NFC West being overrated because I think the AFC, I mean AFC West, because I think the AFC North might be the best division to be honest with you. Because you know we have to have balanced teams and everybody playing similar football. I did not see that out of that division on this weekend. So, I mean. The team that I'm most impressed with the most, obviously, I mean, I mean, obviously the the Bears coming back on the 49ers. I don't know how the hell that happened, but they're not contenders in my opinion. So, like I said, week one was kind of a sloppy week. It doesn't give us a good read about the whole season. So I'm not going to, I'm going to keep my opinions about that to myself in that situation. But we continue on. I have one thing. I'm sorry. Just to sort of counter a little bit what you said that uh, that Denver looked like they were um, uh, out of sync or or because of the fumbles. I mean, the fumbles should not have happened. And obviously, yeah, if they didn't fumble twice in the one y'all line, they would have won. But they were actually the better, they were the better team. Stat-wise, 433 yards to 253. You lost two teams that only put up 253 yards. You made Geno Smith look great because of his completion percentage. And he had no turnovers, which is fantastic. 22 to 28. Boy had 195 yards. And Russell had 340 yards passing and a touchdown and no interceptions. You should win that game. And that's more the reason I'm perturbed that he didn't give, let him try to win the game. It wasn't like Russell had a rough day. He had a good day. Let him finish. That's it. Yeah. Like I that's said, th- it's just, it's, it, like I said, this, this, like I said, it's going to be interesting because. I mean the Broncos. That I mean that wasn't a good debut for Russell Wilson and for that team, you know, to be beaten like that in Seattle, be owned in Seattle. But that was kind of the norm on on this weekend reunions, quarterbacks and their old teams. O for four. Joe Flacco played his Ravens, got beat. Uh, Baker Mayfield embarrassed. I mean, just not just not a good yeah. weekend. Not a good weekend for court. For quarterbacks playing their old team, so like I said, it's going to be you know you you trying to own, you're trying to get your your ass where it's at with these performances. But at the end of the day, you know if you don't, if your team didn't, if you if you didn't get your revenge, that's your one and only shot because they're not in the same division. So whatever. But one thing, Kwame, since you are new to us doing this in the regular season, what we did, and I'm sure you watch a lot of these programs because I send it to you and you got it all last year we debuted this and we're doing it again this year we are 
Matt will be answering your fantasy questions. And my buddy Jonathan, once again, came through with four questions. So, but this is for Matt, though. This is Matt because he's the fancy guy, and so is Jonathan. He's the fancy guy, too. I hope that is fancy draft the week before the start of the season. So, all right, I got four. The first one is is related to the Rams and Cam Akers. He will have, and all these are PPR because I, I asked him. These are all PPR league. So, okay. all right. So, the first one is Cam Akers. Will have eight fantasy points over under this week. Yes. Oh man, I wouldn't. Uh, this week, I would not rely on Cam Akers as somebody who has him on one of my teams. Um, I, I wouldn't put much faith into the guy um, after last week. He, he barely played at all. Um, I think they're. I think. Over the course of the year, he's going to get the ball more and more. And by the second half of the season, he's going to be the lead back again, like he should be. But I'm going to say under. All right. Aaron Rodgers, like I said, it was a tough tough start for him this weekend with no receivers. Well, well, his home opener, uh, the classic robbery, the oldest robbery in football Sunday night against the Bears. Will he... Over under have a touchdown and a half thrown. Oh, over, no question. Um, you know, you look at players like uh, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees. Um, who's he's not in the league now, but you know, Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning. Anytime those guys have a bad game, you can book on them throwing three touchdowns next week, and he's going up against the Bears. It's easy. All right. All right, Amari Cooper, and I'm sure Cowboy fans are going to feel sick that the fact that he's not there anymore and his $200 million salary still being paid by the Jones family and the Jones boys. Now he's in Cleveland, and he didn't have a terrible game against against the Panthers, but like I said, will he, and this is similar to Cam Akers, will he have 10 fantasy points over and under? Oh, under. I would I would not rely on Amari Cooper until Deshaun Watson comes back. Um, so, yeah, sorry. Anybody who drafted him, sorry. You should have, I, I could have told you not to take him. He was completely off my draft board. Okay. And the last one he gave me, I asked for two, but he gave me four. Tom Brady, the old man, Richard Petty of, 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 of professional football, who's done everything and, and anything, but besides beat the Saints in the regular season as a Buccaneer. But on Sunday, will he pass for over 280 yards? 280? That's a good over-under there. Um, that's going to be tight. That's going to be tight. That Tampa offensive line, it needs time to gel. Um, they're going up against the, against a really good defense. And it's a defense that Brady has had trouble with over the last two years. So I'm going to go with the under there. Okay. So that's what we do now. Now, obviously, you know, since it is a new it is a new year and we always come and this look back, we're in our, what, our fourth, fifth season doing this, 
calling the look back and all that. Matt, you did bring up something to me off air about something new this year that you want to do with me and Kwame since, you know, we'll be on every week. So go ahead with what you were going to ask. Yeah, it's up to you guys if you want to try it. It's, um, you know, we could each pick two teams every week. Um, pick, a, pick, pick two games against the spread and um, keep a running tally and see who comes out on top at the end of the year with the best record. Are you up for that task? Okay. <laughs> yeah, do that. That's cool. Just two? All right, we'll do two. Well... We do the time constraints. We'll do. We'll, we're going to try that next week. We'll. I'll put out. I'll put out something line and the games, and we'll start doing that starting next week. So, I mean, I don't want to. I mean, I don't want to take five minutes. We only have a few minutes left, but you know, we still have time to do our disappointments and surprises for week one. That's back, obviously. So, I'm sure all both of y'all have y'all surprise and disappointment. Oh, I, so, go ahead. I think I. No, I think I already said my. surprise once again we didn't mention this y'all didn't mention this but i did why in the hell do we still have ties why i mean <laughs> the, the colts and the texans number one the colts are probably 
they're they're piss they're going to make me mad because I really think this team, like the Eagles, are going to be in the hunt for the long for long run. But they really look sloppy on Sunday, and Matt Ryan looks old. And then obviously uh. the Texans played like like they were juggernauts, and they're the worst team in football I think this year. A lot of the bad teams played well. The Falcons played well. Seahawks got a win. I mean, to me, you know, the bad teams look good week one. Maybe that's because they're they know they're bad and these teams are going to be better. So but I but to me the surprise is why we have another tie. And we're gonna have a lot more ties. We're gonna have ties and I might and and on one C Sundays I'm gonna pick pick a tie. It's just it's just almost inevitable nowadays because we can't get away from that. But my biggest disappointment is the 49ers. I mean one Trey Lance, yeah, there's a lot of hype. There's talent but this guy is is not ready right now to be a starter. He was over and under throwing guys again, just like he did in his two starts last year. And the second half was really the most disappointing because they had a 10-0 lead and then they let Justin Fields and them cook on that defense. I know that if uh I know if that uh Jimmy G played, Garoppolo played, that would have been a win and comfortably. To me, it's a it's a joke. It's an absolute joke that Jimmy G is still on this team as a as a as a backup for a guy who's took him them to a Super Bowl and nearly to another one. So, I mean, Trey Lance, this is not good for his development. Jimmy Garoppolo needs to be off the Seahawks team for them to have any success because if they if they keep playing this game and then they have to start Jimmy G for his confidence, 49ers are not going anywhere this year. I can tell you right now, they're not going to go anywhere this year because you got to get that quarterback position right. And keeping Jimmy Garoppolo around is not a good look for for Trey Lance for this year at least. So that's my disappointment. But obviously, as we end all these shows, we now move on. We don't have much time left, but we have about six minutes left to the matchup in hand for tomorrow night, Thursday night. And if you're an Al Michaels fan, the legendary Hall of Fame voice is now on Thursday nights on Prime Video. So if you want to know what's going on with Al Michaels, you didn't see him on Sunday night, don't worry. If you have Amazon Prime and you watch this game, you'll hear him. And he still, still sounds like himself on those Sunday, Monday nights back in the day. So, But the big matchup is what I think could be the overrated division, the AFC West. Kansas City coming off a big win, the Rocket. Had a monster game, five touchdowns, forgot about Tyreek Hill. The Chargers, a team we hope will do well this year, did well in their season opener and dominated the Raiders. Like I said, this is a critical matchup for the Chargers early in the season, and we'll see what the Chiefs can do here. But big matchup for AFC West early bragging rights. Go ahead. All right, well, um, yeah, this, this should be a high-scoring game. I mean, Mahomes and that offense should be able to put up points. Um, Travis Kelsey is still the man. The receive, I, I, I don't know that the, um, the, the, the way the receiving staff is set up, I don't know that it's going to be a, a, a great um, overall offense. You know, I don't know that they're even going to be top five this year, the Chiefs, when all is said and done. But they had a great week one. Um, Justin Herbert had a big uh, game week one as well, but he did lose his 
his number one target there in Keenan Allen, and that's a huge loss. Keenan Allen might not be the big play threat, but he's a chain mover, and uh, they have to get around that. Now, Mike Williams is the big play threat. He has to come through, and he typically comes through against uh, KC, so keep an eye on him, and keep an eye on their number three receiver, Josh Palmer, who um, was a rookie last year, and he had some big games when Keenan Allen and Mike Williams were injured. So he could have a big game this week, but overall, I think KC is going to get the win here. They got the they got the home field advantage for the home opener. Um, Mahomes is coming in hot. KC typically opens the season on fire, and like I said before, the Chargers lose close games. That's what they do. So I think it'll be a close game, but as they usually do, I think the Chargers are going to lose it. Final score going to be 34-31. All right. Um, and I'll keep it quick since we're on time. Um, I agree that, that the Chiefs won one. I mean, first, I hate Thursday night football. I just think it's ridiculous that teams play within four days of just playing. There's a reason why they play every other week. I mean, every week. But back to that, that definitely favors a home team. And the Chiefs are the better team anyway. I'm surprised the Chiefs don't carry by four, but I think it's because of Thursday night is why the spreads aren't that wide. So I'm going with the Chiefs. Um, they'll usually score, I say, at least four touchdowns. So I think it's going to be, and I'm a, and I'm a big Chargers fan, but I think the Chiefs will pull it off 31 24. Like well, I said, this is going to be an interesting matchup. Like I said, these are two teams that obviously they go at it. I mean, they both coming off big victories. Like I said, the Chiefs dominated without Tyreek Hill. But how long will that be withstand? I mean, they still have Travis Kelsey. We'll see what happens. But obviously, we'll see what, what goes on there. The Chargers, they're coming off a big win. But like I said, the loss of Keenan Allen's going to hurt. It seems like he always gets hurt, it seems like. I mean, at this point, like I said, the Chargers have won in, in Arrowhead the last two meetings. So... Take that for whatever it's worth. I think this is going to be interesting, but I will 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 we'll all agree here. We'll probably all be wrong af- afterwards, but I'll go with the Chiefs as well. I think the Rocky will have another big game, three or four touchdown passes. I think that you know Justin Herbert will obviously play well too with what he has, but I'm going to go with with the home team as well. Chiefs win, and the final score. 38 to 32. Okay. Oh, high scoring game. Okay. All right. Well, that's our first episode of many on this Wednesday. Now, one one note, if you if you understand that this Sunday for Fox viewers, if you're watching games on Fox, the NHRA is racing in Reading, and that will be a Fox television event. There's a possibility I might be a part of it. But... We will talk more about it on potentially on a Saturday preview show. We're going to probably do it on Saturday, Matt and I. So keep that updated, and we'll we'll bring you in on more on that detail. But that's all we have for this first look back. We'll obviously do better. We'll send this out, and like I said, we'll get better, folks. And it's it's kind of sloppy. We were sloppy like the Eagles defense. Hell, we'll we'll get our we'll get our ass back together here. <laughs> all right, but that's all we have. That's all we have, and 
We'll hear from Kwame next week. You'll hear from me and Matt on Saturday. Saturday, folks. Oh, and can I say one final, final thing I know about to check out? Uh, hey, Rob, your boy, the Matillo guy, is crying about that his phone was taken from him from the FBI. Oh, wow. Now, how, now how this comes into football, if you don't, you may not 